Yeah, this week as we, as we, work, we mark one of the most important national questions known as Anzac Day, I want us to just take a minute and reflect on what the soldiers offered. And for those of us who can stand up just for a minute, just for, observe for a minute to honor this special week. Let's just do that for a minute and then we pray. Lord, I want to thank you this morning. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for those that offer their lives to defend not only this country, but our, our peace. And today, as we celebrate, as we remember the families that were left behind, their parents, the, the grandchildren, father, today we just want to pray for them, Lord. And even as they go through this time, that emotions and things and memories and come. And, and we pray that, Lord, may you reach out to them and give them your hand of encouragement, Father. Lord, may you offer support to those that were left widowed behind. And, 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 and men and women were left behind. Children that were left orphans. That people that were left wondering what happened, Father. We pray that as they journey through this journey and the memories of Anzac through this week, Father. Lord, may you bring healing and reconciliation, Father. We pray for peace. We pray for love, Father. We remember countries like Sudan and other countries are around the world that are going through war. Lord, we pray that may you make us instruments of peace that can stand in the gap and, and bring peace for those that are crying, Father. We know that there are families that have been left homeless the children that left orphans, Father. Lord, may you restore peace in those places in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God. And Lord, as we remember this week, we pray that no one else can match up to the sacrifice you made for us on the cross. That the blood you shed on, on the cross for us, O oh God, gave us redemption and peace and our salvation today. That as today, as we look back, we just want to say thank you for that peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. And I want us to take a minute, I mean, uh, and just to reflect not only on those, but also to reflect on what Christ did for us on the cross. The journey that Christ took us through for us to be here was a big sacrifice. And just as the soldiers had a mission, Christ also has a mission for the pain he went through. For many of the Anzacs, 
probably Ottoman Empire could have been a big thing. Like the Jewish community, the Roman Empire could have been at that particular time. But for Christ, it was bigger than the Ottoman Empire. It was bigger than the Roman Empire. It was beyond any other kingdom or empires around the world. His battle, his sacrifice was against the, the powers and the rulers of darkness. The forces that are trying to derail and draw back the vision and the purposes of God across So today, as we reflect on this, I want us to think about partnering in this mission. Partnering in this journey with Christ. And my question today is how can we partner in this mission as parents? How can we partner in this mission as leaders? As families, how can we partner in this vision? With Christ. As Kirsty mentioned earlier, that God has always partnered with these people in order to fulfill his mission and vision. And we see in Genesis chapter 1, we see God partnering with Adam and Eve when he said that let us make mankind in our own image. That in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the bird in the sky, and over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. It's not because that God was not able to do it himself. God would have still done that himself. But God chose to partner with this new creation, Adam and Eve, that he had just created to rule and oversee his creativity. In Exodus, God partnered with Moses where he said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them cry out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And he told Moses, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And remind us, God would have gone himself, crushed Pharaoh to death, and killed all those soldiers and rescued his people. But he chose to partner with Moses and the other team to deliver the people. So for God, partnership is not a weakness. Partnership is not that he's not able to do it. Partnership is wanting his people, me and you, to be able to take part in his vision and mission of the work that he's doing. Apostle John began his book by describing to his audience who Jesus was. In John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14, 
John tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Then he goes to verse 14 and says, then the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In other words, that the partnership that was there at the beginning, God being with the word and the word being God, this partnership. Then the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us to work within us, to work with us, to live with us, to to do things with us. And throughout the book, John presents the mission and the work of Christ. He says, I am the bread of life, and that is Christ. And as bread sustains physical life, so Christ offers and sustains our spiritual life. He goes ahead and says, I am the light of the world. Into a world lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as a guide. I am the door of the sheep. And Jesus protects his followers as shepherds protect their flocks from predators. I am the resurrection and the life. Death is not the final word for those in Christ. I am the good shepherd. And Jesus is committed to caring and watching over those who are his. He goes ahead and says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Because he's the source of truth and knowledge about God. And finally he says, I am the true vine. Attaching ourselves to Christ, we are able in his life to flow in and through us. That we cannot help but be a fruit that will honor the Father. So I want to encourage each of us today that your partnership is so key to the mission. Your partnership is so key to the vision. Your partnership is so important to what God is doing and his desire, his focus is for you and I to be part of what he's doing in this journey. I like verse chapter 13, where John now represents Jesus inviting his disciples to partner in his mission as a servant or servants or slaves. This is one man that has been telling people that I am the bread for you guys. I am the resurrection. I am the sheep. The get to the sheep. I am life. But then John presents the other part of him. That yes, I may be all those things that I've told you. But also I am a servant. I am a slave. For you guys. But I think his desire and his focus is for us to see 
the servanthood part of him that the work that he's doing because the work that he's doing is the servanthood of his role that he's doing and his desire is for us to be able to see the work itself yes he wants us to see him as the king he wants us to see him as resurrection as life as the bread of life as a light but also he wants us to acknowledge that we can partner as servants as slaves to be able to fulfill the mission that he has for us so how do we do it as a church how do you do it as a parent as a family In John 13:3, I mean 13:1, the Bible says that it was just bef- before the Passover festival. And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in the progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And my first key for us today that we can partner in this mission if we know our identity. I think the greatest challenge for us as believers each and every time we believe in God, we trust in God, but our identity has always been under threat as Christians. But today I want to remind us using the words of John that your identity is very key to what you're doing. That as Christians, if we understand that if we realize that our identity in Christ is so key, that our identity in Christ as his children, our identity in Christ as people that have been redeemed, Our mission is going to be very easy for us. That our service will not be a donation. Our service will be a partnership as children of God. And sometimes I challenge myself that how much time do I actually give to serve God? If, I'm, if he means that a lot to me. If he, if he is a father, if he is actually the bread of life, that if uh, the bread of life means I can't do without that bread, if he is the light that I need to, to do things, if he is the, the gate that I need to open every morning for me to find my way, if he is resurrection, then how much time can I offer him?
But for you and I, many times is when you look at your diary, you go to pages, pages, until you find probably the final page. That's where you locate. I'd like to spend time with God next week, sometime, if I get time. It is looking at you and I is asking if I am the light that you're using, then it means that you're walking in the darkness. If I am life, then actually probably you are dead or you are not existing. If I am the resurrection. If I am bread, either you're fasting or you're starving. Because if I am bread and you can't have me every day, it's either you're fasting or you're starving. Because it's bread. For you and I. If I am the vine and you are the branches and you don't need me, then either you are a hanging dry branch or you're in the process of dying branch because you don't need me. And I've said many times, if we realize who Christ is for us, if we see our identity in Christ, that we see him as a light, as we see the bread of life, as we see him as a resurrection, as we see him as our light, then I don't see how he shouldn't be part of my daily walk. In my Christian journey. Each and every day. John says that Jesus knew. That the father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God. And he was returning. He knew his identity. He knew where he was coming from. And he knew where he was going. I've learned myself that many times people are struggling with this mission have trouble with the identity. And that's what I'm saying. Jesus never doubted where he came from and where he was going. And as I was writing this message, I was thinking about the soldiers during the Anzac. They had a mission. They had a purpose. And they never doubted their identity. Even if an Australian soldier met a a Kiwi soldier, they knew their identity. They knew this is my partner in mission. They knew each other. Soldiers' identity is always key for them in the fight. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. At least if the one thing I know Christ insisted every time he spoke, he talked about him and being the father being one. That he never doubted in his identity, even on the cross. Apart from one time when he cried, Father, why have you forsaken me? But he never assumed that the Father had disappeared from him. He cried back to God. 
And I want to encourage you many times, even when you feel you're so far away from God, don't cry for your friends. For friends who pull you away from God, cry back to him and ask him, God, what is happening? Things are not working for me, God. Cry to him. Because at least the first thing your friends will tell you that your God doesn't love you. If your God loves you, then he's not strong enough to intervene into a situation. He's not strong enough to step and help you and lift you up. I remember in 2016... 2016, we financially struggled, my family. We had a lot of few challenges financially. And a very good friend of ours, a very good close friend, one day came to me and told me, you know, I don't know what's happening because you give so much to God, you know. Those challenges, you need to think twice. I want to encourage us that if your identity is right, if you knew, if you know who you believe, if you know who you're following, that even when wind and, and, and storms shake your life, even when things come around and shake your, your relationship with Christ, when, when challenges come around you, your identity does not change in Christ and will never change in Christ. Recently, I saw an article on Facebook and someone was asking that why would people choose an ugly donkey as a domestic animal and leave a zebra that is so decorated? The zebras are so decorated, they're looking cute. And left them in the forest and picked a donkey that was looking so ugly to stay at home. And I thought this person was weird. What a crazy thinking. But someone responded to that comment and said, the reason why donkeys are ugly because they're servants. They serve people. A zebra will not serve you, it will kick you. Why would you want to have an animal that will kick you even if it looks so cute? But donkeys, unless you overload a donkey, they always come and, and respect you, take your luggage, and slowly, they don't in a hurry. But the point I was saying is this. Whether a zebra or a donkey, they never lose their identity. I've never seen a funny-looking zebra in the forest. Even when the forest has been shaken and things have been shaken, I've never seen a weird-looking, unless something physically happened, they keep their identity. They protect themselves. The second thing I want to share with us is that we can partner in this mission 
when we find our security in God. Jesus found his security in God. He says in verse 4 and 5 that so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He's, Jesus never worried about his security. He chucked his, chucked his gown, whatever you call it, whether he has a gown or whatever he had at that time that represented kingship, that represented his priesthood, that represented his authority at that particular time. He got it off, he put it away, and he took a towel and wrapped himself. And friends, we, 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 we fear to pick up things we fear to take up ministry. We fear to do certain things because you feel that if I do these things, people will people be looking at me. Why am I doing this? When I was preparing this message, I remembered when I was a teenager, and I used to go to church. Some most of my friends were not born again, and I used to have this tiny Bible. I used to hide it in my jacket. Because my friends will be seeing me going to church on Sunday. So I just get my tiny Bible jacket in my jacket and go to church. So when I'm coming from church, I can go to play with my friends who don't go to church without seeing my Bible. Because my security was not in God. My security at that time was my friends. I was so insecure that if they learn that I go to church, they may not want to play around me. And the many times you do that, you know, I've seen many people in restaurants that are struggling to pray before the meal. If you're so used to praying and saying the grace before you eat a meal, go ahead and do it. But because people are watching around you, you're like, okay, well, okay, you're, you don't pray. A lot of churches are doing now. And I'm not against it, but sometimes it concerns me that a lot of churches are removing the denominational name. So instead of saying like Kerang Baptist, we can just write that the river of God. Or river something. You don't even add God there because God, people will not be able to come close to God, you know. I want, to invite, I want to encourage us that our security is in Christ. That whether people are watching you or people are not watching you and I, whether you have something that represents Christianity, whether you have this big Bible, whatever you do that identifies you with God, don't try to run away from doing it. And I've said here many times that my mother used to pray until we get shy that people will People will be scared for us. My mother used to pray. And my mother used to sing as well. And I just learned much later that my mom's security was in Christ. 
She didn't care whether who is listening, whether she's praying. She didn't care when she's worshiping and lifting her hands up, people be watching. She didn't care because she used to tell us that you don't know where Christ brought me. You don't know the journey that I've walked with Christ to lift up my hands and cry in church on Sunday. When you hear me sing for Christ, you don't know why I'm singing to him. When I kneel down, you know, some of us even kneeling down has become a challenge. Unless you have issues with your knees. I mean, I say, if God, if, if God allows you and you feel in your heart you want to kneel and pray, kneel down. Your security is in Christ. It's not in the people that are watching you. That when you kneel down, you feel shy to do it. I don't know many of us today would actually remove the identity. Things that identify you. Live alone for Christ. It was the robe that identified him at that time. The robe and all those things you see priests wear. Probably it was, he moved them aside. Maybe for you, it could be your job that gives you identity. It could be your Degree that gives you identity. It could be your career that gives you identity. And for some of us, it's just maybe your bank has something that when you open up your, your, your bank account, you just smile. Gives you identity. When you look at the stock market and you see everything is going up like this, you know, you, you, you feel the, the identity just coming up. Those things come and just crush down. Anything that is material can crush down. And Christ knew that title that came with the priesthood, anything that came with the priesthood can crush down. But he knew that he's a security in Christ. His identity in Christ, his security in Christ was so secure that anything that shook him, even the cross, will not change his identity and his security. Because his father had so much that his father had anything. His father had given him everything that he would have used to crush the soldiers. He would have used to crush anybody that was trying to destroy his life. Even Judah, who was sitting in the crowd, who was about to betray him. He had the authority to rebuke and cast him out of the meeting. He had the power to say, Judah, I know what you're doing here today, and I'm not even listening and watching what you're doing. I know he had the power to tell him, but he never said a word to Judah. He said, whatever you want to go and do, do it quickly, my friend. Do it quickly. I'm waiting. You know, friends, washing people's feet may not be practical now in many cultures. But I want to imagine how low this can present or look to some of us. I would imagine serving like in the army, this would be like the lowest rung, washing soldiers' feet after the battle. They come and you clean their feet as a soldier. And this is what Christ was doing. That his soldiers were sitting down 
and he takes a towel and, and cleans their feet and tells them, if, he told Peter that if you as Peter, I don't clean your feet, you have no part with me. You have no part with me. I want to encourage us that if you feel that your feet is so clean, you feel your journey is so clean that you don't need cleaning, he's saying you don't have to be in partnership with him. But if you live in his vision and mission, and you know the journey that he's doing, and you believe in him, he's saying, come and join with me. When you find our security in Christ, our service levels does our service level does not change our rank. And I'm sure whether we choose where we serve in the kingdom of God or not. Our security is up there. The last thing I'll share as I finish is to partner this mission. You need to understand the mission. Jesus understood the mission. You can see in verse 12 and 13. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he asked them, do you understand what I've done to you today? Do you understand? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And for all of us, probably most of us, we call him teacher. We call him Lord. We call him master, father. Do we really understand his mission? Do we really understand his mission? As I was doing this message, I was asking myself, do I understand his mission? Because if you don't understand his mission, there's no way you can partner with somebody that you don't understand their mission because you won't work together. The Christ is inviting you to be able to understand what he's doing. That even with those these things, that I can still serve at any level, but still remain the teacher. I can do anything I can do, but still remain where I'm supposed to be because my identity and security is not in these things. My security and my identity is in God that I serve. He's my father. Jesus was prepared to serve everyone, even the one who would ultimately betray him. And I'll tell you, friends, the people that are unlovable people, in this world. The people if you are given to love them, you can't love them because they're not lovable. The people will annoy you. The people are going to frustrate you in this world. But Christ is asking you and I, are you able to partner with him and wash these people's feet? Are you willing to partner with him and wash their feet? Friends, it's not easy. And I'm saying that it won't happen today or tomorrow. But I'm saying this is a journey that we have to choose to make. 
for you today when you live here, maybe somebody at home that has never heard about Christ that will be waiting for you to wash their feet, may not necessarily the physical washing. I was talking to another lady back at home and uh, she used to serve in our church. She used to stand at the door and welcome people. And she told me that one day the husband came to the church and told her that, that whenever I see you stand at the church entrance, I see you as the devil. Because the husband hated the wife so much that every time she, he imagined the wife standing at the entrance receiving people, the husband imagined her like the devil. But as a wife, you have to go back home and wash his feet. It's not easy. Some of us have families. The children have come rebels. Friends have come rebels. Bosses, staff that have come rebels. The resistance have come hard. And Christ is inviting you for a place where you can sit down and remove your, these other things. Remove your decoration. Remove your self-image. Wrap up the towel around your waist and clean their feet. That is his mission. In our society, we have people that have been labeled. We are people. The society has pushed, that has pushed away. Where people like the generals in the time of Jesus, where people hated them so much, they do never even share a meal with them. They will never eat together with them. But Christ is inviting these guys on the table and saying, have you seen what I've done to you? Go out there and do it to other people. And friends, if you want to partner with the mission of Christ, if you want to see change around the world, if you want to see lives transformed, I want to invite you to be part of the mission of changing these people and changing ourselves. Jesus' mission to was to be the to to be to the suffering to be the suffering servant of God. And the gospels tell how time and again Jesus had to correct his followers' perception of who he was as a Messiah. We had the five thousand people he fed. Wanted him to be popular Messiah who would meet their physical desires. Where people are there for them, Christ is the one who makes bread for them. Others like James and John wanted him to be a political messiah who would set up an earthly kingdom. And for some, like Simon the Zealot and his friends, wanted Jesus to be a military messiah who would throw off the yoke of Roman oppression. 
And let me say, many of us still have these kinds of wishes and expectations attached to our faith in Christ. That our relationship with Christ is not about our identity. Our relationship in Christ is not about our security in him. Our relationship in Christ is about the things we get from him. That if I've been praying for this thing for so long and nothing has happened, then I don't want to be part of this God. That I've asked for this and this and Christ has not responded, then I don't want to be part of this God. But Christ is saying, it's not about what you get. It's about the relationship. It's about the mission. It's about the journey that he wants to journey with us. That if we journey with him, if we walk with him, we can see and understand his mission and what he's doing. And I can tell you, most of these people were disappointed because they never really got what they wanted. They were very disappointed. In his book, Jesus on Leadership, Gene says, Today, many of us want Jesus to feed our hungers and to fulfill our wishes. We want him to heal our diseases and fix our marriages. We joined the 5,000 who wanted to make him king because he gave them lunch. And those who follow this popular Messiah are soon disappointed when he asks something in return for their allegiance. When Christ invites you and says, come and follow me, I want to make you the fishers of men. Come and follow me, I want to do ABCD. When he sees you sitting on the tree and says, today, I want to be your visitor. We run away. I want to invite Kirsty uh, and the team to come back on stage. And they come back and ask you, what about you and I? What about you and me? Which mission are you chasing? You know, we can be so lost in the things of the world. We can be so lost in, in making money, in making career, in study. But yet we forget about the mission. A friend of mine told me one day, and I'm sharing this in the presence of my family here, don't feel like I want to <laughs> manipulate you. <laughs> I'm not manipulating anybody. A friend of mine who's a preacher told me one day that I'll be very, very disappointed one day when I stand in the kingdom and my children and my wife are not there. And sometimes I ask myself a question. Or maybe it could be you. You're standing up there and I'm not there. Or your children are not there. How will you feel? My friend Dennis, how would you feel if you stood there? You're told, welcome. Your children are not there. Nick is not there. Nick, what do you feel if you walk there and everybody else is not there? What I'm saying is, friends, Christ 
can do it alone himself. But he chose from the beginning of Genesis to work with us. When he chose Adam to be in charge of the creation. When he chose Noah to prepare the ark for the people. When he chose Moses to deliver the people from Israel. And today, he's choosing me and I, you and I, to join, to partner with him and fulfill the mission. I want us to stand up. If you can stand up as you think about it. I want to think about your own journey. What is it that is frustrating you? What is it that is pushing you away from this mission? What is it that is hindering you to fulfill this dream? Father, thank you. We thank you today because many times we, we don't see the mission. We don't understand the mission. And many times you get frustrated. Why would somebody with all those I ams, the light, the king of kings and everything that would come and clean people's feet, we don't understand today. But I want to pray that God will you help us, oh God. That as your family, as your children, that we see and serve that mission today, God. I know there are so many parents here like myself, the families here, that have to walk from this place and walk the feet, wash the feet of those people that they may not even want to wash. And I pray for your grace upon them, God. I pray, Lord, may you give us a spirit of forgiveness and love. That as we see people like Judas, we don't see the betrayal. We see the love. When we see people like Judas, we don't see the cross. But we see your purpose in the cross. Help us to be like David. That when you feel your presence, we don't see Goliath. We see an opportunity for us to shine in the kingdom. May you help us to be like that. Thank you, Jesus.